Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. LeBondra looking to get outside of Buck. LeBondra away from David. 3-1 running. Three points running. Hello and welcome to the Unpot Rules podcast sponsored by Blue Collar Street Food. Reading FC yesterday mauled by the Tigers. 3-0 defeat. We didn't actually have to put up with that chant, thankfully. Um, but safe, at least, finally, from relegation, as safety is confirmed. I've been joined today by three fans who were at the game yesterday. Paul, your first game back watching the Royals for a little while now. How was it? Oh, shit, wasn't it? Um, <laughs> there's no point denying it. If you go travel all that way and you lose 3-0, it wasn't great. Um, but we stayed up. That's all that matters. Also been joined by Matt Lansley. Matt, another away defeat to add to your collection. Another add, uh, another two add to that collection. The ever-expanding one. And unfortunately, we did have to witness you getting more by the Tigers. They did it just before we nearly scored. I think it was the Morrison chance. So, unfortunately, that, that, was, that was pulled out, unfortunately. I felt like leaving at that point. That's disappointing. You've made my day even worse yesterday now. And uh, first first appearance on the podcast, also been joined by Jamie Hodder. Jamie, how are you feeling this morning? All right, gents. Um, yeah, just basically the same as what you guys have said, really. Um, glad the season's over. Another dire performance, really. And it just sums up the season, doesn't it, really? Pretty much. Let's be honest. Every Everything in the season was summed up yesterday. Just was miserable. Yet somehow it worked out. Yeah. Uh, let's look. Let's look back at yesterday anyway, because it was a big day, relatively in the season, given that we did stay up. Uh, Paul, before the game, team news came out two o'clock, and we started with the same starting lineup as Monday's draw against Swansea. I thought this was a little bit confusing, given Ince's comments after the game on Monday. What were your thoughts to the starting lineup? Yeah, especially saying that he got it wrong, didn't he? Essentially, after the game against uh, Swansea. Um, really starting TDB in midfield. Defensive, 
that's not going to work, is it? It didn't work against Swansea. He got away with that, essentially, with the, all the late drama that happened there. Just put Lauren back into that position. Play Obi Ajaria on that left-hand side. But I don't understand what he's doing with that one. There must be something going on with his contract or something for him to play because Lauren's clearly a much better player in that position. But it happened. And uh, as we'll talk about the first goal, it didn't pan out well at all for that decision. Yes, the first goal was uh, definitely one which we'll, we'll be discussing. Jamie... Is there any changes you would have made except, well, I mean, would you have also wanted TDB to come out of the lineup yesterday? Um, not necessarily. Uh, I think he has he's shown at times this year he can get on the ball and, and make things happen. So maybe he could have even just swapped Lauren and Delhi Bashiri around. Um, it's probably the move I would have made, just swapping them around. Yeah. I'm surprised it didn't that he didn't, didn't crazy, try that. Did it? Um, but yeah, we would, yeah, yeah, probably would have just been that really. Um, the team obviously battled back on Monday, so you would have thought maybe spirits are high a little bit. Um, but as Paul said, after Ince comes out and said, well, I chose the wrong team, you wouldn't expect a manager who's trying to get himself a contract somewhere to go and do the same again. Yeah, um, I've I got to agree. It's, it was weird to weird to see those comments on Monday and then just uh, end up with the same same starting lineup. And Ultimately, let's be honest, the first half wasn't a stellar performance. Matt, I would say the first 30 minutes was maybe the most dull 30 minutes of football I've ever watched, with neither team really having any quality at all, unable to keep the ball for more than 20 seconds. It was certainly up there, and I think there wasn't even a shot until I think we had a chance from from Lauren, or there might have been one just before from Hull, but I mean, it was just dire. Like, I mean, it it, it was almost like your typical end-of-season game both teams know that they're they're safe and they're just you know playing out the rest of the season. But the thing was, Reading weren't safe. You know, at that point, you know there was still something to play for. There was still you know a chance to to get a win. Um, you know, uh, I think they were the worst home team in the league. I think Hull. You know, they really aren't great at home. You know, it was a good opportunity, but it was just the slowest, most lethargic, apathetic kind of performance really that I think we've we've seen under ints under any manager quite frankly it was it was dire it was just dire and speed i was falling asleep i think there was a chat with horse racing on in front which was more more exciting really than the game at that point yeah the 330 at sandown i think it was was a ex- exhilarating watch at the, with the guy in front of us that was um, intense that was definitely more entertaining intense. actually i don't think he wanted i yeah. don't think he won his five pound bet but you know it was <laughs> it was an interesting watch at the very least um but yeah, the football, it was crap, wasn't it? It was, you could tell that was two teams who were really at the bottom of the table, Jamie. Yeah, definitely. Um, it always felt like Reading knew they were safe. That's kind of, Matt kind of touched on. Um, they thought it, they thought at some point we're going to get um, get the news come through that Forrester, a couple goals up and it's, you know, season's over. And yes, okay, we had that chance of Lauren who probably should have scored and that might have changed the, the entire game. But yeah, that first kind of half an hour was just, yeah, it was boring, wasn't it really? Yeah, boring, I think, sums up. The first chance Paul came to Reading, um, I mean, there was, as Matt touched on, a couple of half chances, but let's, we'll, we'll move swiftly on, I think, to the first major chance of the game, which Junior Hoyler with a cross from the left-hand side and uh, Josh Lawrence gets a header from maybe six yards out, and it is a free header. 
it might not have it wasn't a, a simple chance, but he's got to be disappointed that he hasn't done better here. He's headed it straight at the keeper. Also with no power. No power at all. And he's not put it in either corner, has he? He was disappointed straight away after he actually headed the ball. He knows that. He should do better there. It's not one of those ones where he's definitely going to score. It's not a simple header and just a tap in. Maybe if you're a striker... Lucas Jow maybe might have scored that one. I mean, but he has missed them as well. So it's not impossible. Yeah. yeah, frustrating. If we take the lead there, you never know. It could have been a totally different match. But unfortunately, with Reading, you've also seen us take the lead many times this season and give it away. So you're not quite sure. But you feel with Hull City's home record that that could have been a big moment there. And we kind of like had a little spell for three or four minutes when we created a few chances. There was another one for Lucas Jow just afterwards, which was a much tough, tougher one. But and then we get counted on completely or just dispossessed there from TDB. And he's got to do better there, Alex, hasn't he? Yeah. So the first goal, 40 minutes in, and Reading have a throw in pretty much on the centre circle line, uh, halfway line. And it comes across into, into midfield and, and ball comes across to TDB in the centre circle. And he's, he's very slow on the ball. And, the TDB in the first half yesterday, Matt, was just extremely slow on the ball. And in all honesty, he looked worried to put himself on the ball as well. He didn't, he didn't, he just gave him the impression that he just didn't want the ball um, when it came near him. He ended up giving the ball away and, and will touch, I mean, take us through the rest of the goal. Yeah, I mean, he just seemed quite lost, really. And positioning, positioningly, you know, it's it's not his natural position. I don't think. I think he likes playing further forward, and it, it's so evident in kind of his his play because it's it's all kind of just it's it's all backwards. He's looking about. He just he, he it just doesn't look natural when he when he's playing there. You know, and he he sleeps on the ball. You know, I, th- I think it's Honeyman that comes in and takes it off him and just releases. Um, oh, I can't remember the chap's name. Number eleven scored two, but like you know, just releases him on the left. And I mean, I don't know where Yeardom is. Yeardom is kind of nowhere to be seen but he, if Yedon was back it would have been slipped between him and um uh him and Morrison but it's it's just so frustrating watching it because I th- he, he takes a good two three touches just on the ball and he's just I mean, not it, going it anywhere was, it wasn't a good three or two touches that was the problem wasn't it, was, it? Let's be honest. no well it's it, it's not like it even ran away from him you know he, he he's just keeping it in his feet and he's just looking about and he's just he has no awareness of what didn't it Literally, yeah, and 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 it's it's just he's got no awareness of what's around and whether that's communication within the team, whether Drinkwater should give him a call or one of the centre backs, Morrison being captain behind him, should give him a call. I don't know, but you know you can't just be standing in the middle of the park, you know, for two three seconds, just standing there doing nothing, not even running anywhere with it, looking for, you know, a pass that. It's, it's just dreadful. You know, he's he's got to speed up his game if that's if that's going to be his position going forward, which, again, it might evolve at Watford. But, yeah, it's... It's got Nyland on the goal. I think maybe he's got to do a little bit better there. What do you think, Jamie? I mean, I was disappointed to see him concede that at the near post. Like yeah. That. Um, I mean, any goalkeeper's going to be upset conceding one from, um, from his front post. But credit to the young lad. It was a good strike um, from a tight angle. Um, he's just hit it as hard as he can, isn't he, really? Um, and probably put it in that one place where the keeper's going to have to have to react. And Nyland looked set. He looked like he was in a good position, but, you know, it's, it'll be disappointing to concede something like that, definitely. 
Lewis Parr looks like a player, though. It does. I think he's up to 11 goals now this season. Yeah. What, what do we think of Nylon overall? Um, I his first couple of games here, I was I was quite impressed and, and really quite liked him. And I feel like over the last maybe three or four games, I'm struggling to really think of many saves that he's actually made. And it, it feels like he's it feels like he concedes more than he actually is saving. Uh, maybe that's just me, and maybe I'm just remembering the goals here rather than the saves. But I don't I, I don't know. I don't know quite if he's, you know, that good. In, in all I lines. think, I think it's going to be well, well. It might almost be another Raphael situation, almost with, with with someone like him. That so much of his career, I think he's been he's been a number two. Very few seasons he's actually gone through an entire season as a number one. Even when he obviously came in at Villa, he did kind of come in as the number one, but he then gets gets a very bad injury. And then the next couple of seasons, never really got back into the team. The loans he's had out to the likes of Norwich, Bournemouth and that, never really, I, I'm, I'm not even really sure if he ever really started them even, you know. So maybe we're kind of seeing that with Nyland, you know, the back end of Raphael's time at Reading, we definitely saw why Raphael was the number two for so long of his career, because he just can, he was never consistent enough. And that's that's what, number one goalkeepers give you they give you consistency they give you the reassurance which does Nyland give that to you I'm not sure I don't know what you guys think about it I think he started off all right didn't he as you said um he, he, he came for crosses um he was dominant you could hear him shouting he was you know very vocal um but off the back of that I think he'll Luke's look Luke Southwood he's not really had an experienced goalkeeper training with him over the over his time here um I thought that might kind of rub off on him a little bit. So I think it's good to have a, a keeper with a bit of experience that may help him. Um, whether or not he's going to be number one next year, who we sign, who knows? We might not have a choice. Um, but I think, I think Nyland could do, he could, he could help us a lot. I, I get what you're saying. It's a few times where he hasn't made many saves really. And I, I get what you're saying, but I think his presence around the younger goalkeepers we've got are, are probably more beneficial than, than anything else at the minute. Yeah, I think that's fair enough. It's going to be it's going to be one of those positions where if he signs, ultimately it's not going to be hugely disappointing. But I can also see that there's probably a lot of options out there if we if we were able to improve the position. Yeah, so we go in one nil down at half time. Um, our whole goal comes on the 40th minute or so, and the ever typical slow start to the second half um, for Reading FC comes out again here and. It only takes Hull, what, six minutes, I think it is, to, to score the second goal. Hull get a free kick 40 yards from goal. And it's another set piece conceded, Paul. That counts for number 21 this season. For anybody oh, who's... It makes you proud, count. doesn't it? It makes you proud. If you're going to get, like, a record, you want to be the top of it, don't you? If you're going to be really, really bad, let's, let's like, absolutely shit house it. I'm hoping that the <laughs> 71 have got a chance for this next season. Yeah. <laughs> Come on, Jamie and Matt. Let's make this happen. <laughs> have a think. Uh, I live in hope. Yeah, I'm not going to sing because nobody wants to listen to that. But... um. You get Michael Morrison complaining about a free kick and a foul on him. I'm not sure. I mean, I don't blame him for complaining. That's what he's going to do, isn't it? Straight away. He does have two hands in the back, though. Like, I mean, it, yeah. it, 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 like it, it might. Some people might put it into the into the soft category, but there is there is definite contact there, which which knocks him over, and then the ball just bundles off him onto on onto the chap that puts it away. You know, there's 
there's definite contact there. Um, some people might put it down as soft. I, but if I, that I, was us scoring that goal and it was disallowed, Blansley, would you be raging or would you be saying that's fine refereeing? I'd be, I'd be raging at, I'd be raging at the player that's where, where, where the number six is that that's, that's bundled him over because it's just stupid. You know, you, you've you've put two hands in the back of someone and you and you've given the ref a decision to make, which on today's occasion he's not made. But yeah. many times he would be making, you know, probably a decision there because he's he's bundled him over. You know, so it's good to see you've got such a balanced opinion on this because I know being at games you are exactly like that. <laughs> so, <laughs> it is good to know. Yeah, but now I, I think it would be soft, uh, Jamie. And if it was, yeah, us, I mean, yeah, maybe, I, agree. I think essentially we need to defend it better. Yeah, definitely. Um, you look at them talking about bringing VAR into the championship, and I think it's another one of them. If if that happened and the ref had a look, for me, it's not. There's not enough, and you've got to be stronger. Hold your man off. Yes, there was definitely hands in the back, but was it enough to to make the goal happen? I don't know. The guy that scored, I think. When, when the initial ball went in, I think he was having his shirt pulled anyway. So actually, you could say it's you know it's bad from uh, from Redden all, all all over really. Yeah, we really need to work on set pieces this this preseason with whoever comes in in terms of players and coaches and stuff because it, you can't you can't concede twenty set pieces in a season. I mean, how many goals have ha, ha, Liverpool have only conceded twenty-two goals in total? I know it's a different league and stuff. Liverpool no, don't 20... compare us to Liverpool. <laughs> I'm not comparing us to Liverpool. Like you know, it's there's, there's only goals. I don't know who's got the best best record in the championship in terms of goals this season conceded, but you know, twenty-two is just ridiculous, isn't it? I mean, if um, we've conceded eighty-five so. goals in total and twenty odd them have come from a set piece, you know. One in, one in four goals we can see them from a set piece, just awful. Can't really got the worst defensive record in the EFL now. Yeah. No, I think we're second. No, Morecambe, Morecambe, oh. have, Morecambe have worse on 87, but they have still played one game lads. more. Still there is time. Yeah, still time. We've got a game in hand. <laughs> I mean, like, like the, the fact we've conceded 85 in total just, just tells the story of the season anyway, doesn't it? You know, we, we've conceded more than Peter, but how we've actually stayed up with 85 conceded and a six-point deduction is crazy when you think about it, it shows anyway. that we can score goals though well, it well does. we'll come on to the reason that we stayed up in a bit i think uh because it's definitely a couple well maybe one or two main reasons i think but we'll, we'll we'll come on to that um the second half i think reading were better in the second half going forwards it was difficult to be much worse than they were in the first half let's be honest um jamie the the second half once delhi bashiru came off pretty much straight after the second goal Reading put a gyro out wide who came on and, and Tom Ince went into the centre behind uh, Lucas Schell. And I think we did, we started to connect the play a little bit better going forwards. We looked like we had a little bit more maybe purpose when we were when we were trying to attack. Yeah, there are, again, kind of created a few half chances, didn't we? Um, again, it looked like we were kind of trying to get forward a bit more. Um, and is that a, a story of what Ince has installed into us? Almost like our first halves have been quite slow um, and let's stay in the game. And then try and do something in the second half um, when teams start to tire. Again, we we, we created a few chances. It changed up a little bit, but I don't think it was ever we never really threatened them. You know, time and time again, we didn't have a spell, did we? Where we thought, right, we're going to score in a minute. It was, yeah, I think it was, it was very stop start. Yeah, the ball went across a lot of the box pool, but we didn't necessarily create like a real golden opportunity. We had one pretty good chance for Lucas Shaw. Tom Ince with a. On the highlights, this looks like a really nice piece of skill for Tomlins to beat his man. He plays a good free ball before he gets fouled. 
And Lukaku probably would hope that he would do better with this chance. He's kind of on the edge of the area, one on one against the keeper. Um, it, he probably would have hoped to do better, I think, here. Yeah, it's not a great connection, is it? It's not exactly where he wants to put it as well. Um, that's a that's a pretty good chance for him. We also had one that was much later than that, the one from Morrison from the flick on, but he's stretching to get to that. But I agree with Jamie. There was no point in that second half when I thought, oh, a goal's definitely going to come here. He felt it might if we were a little bit lucky and Hull switched off, which they easily could have done. But it was a struggle, wasn't it? I mean, we looked a little bit better after TDB went off and uh, Ajari came on, but it wasn't a huge transformation. Yeah. We didn't switch into like prime Reading and think, wow, this is all happening now. It's all guns blazing. It was like someone's got a really, really crap water gun out and it's like hardly <laughs> got any water in it. And it's just like giving out this small amount of fire. It's, oh, it's rubbish, really. Yeah. I mean, that momentum against Swansea. Away day. <laughs> yeah, that momentum against Swansea kind of, you could see us, we got the second and thought, right, actually, 20 minutes to go, we could get something here. Um, and obviously, then you make a friend, you say, right, there's only one team are going to score now. And that just never came yesterday. And yeah. if we'd got one, maybe it would have changed, but we just never looked like. You know, do, do you know, know, if Jav scores that chance to bring it back to 2 1, then we've got the momentum. Maybe but, I mean, on, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, you're do right. You the half was a, a, do you reckon it was a slow, not slow, slow is maybe the wrong word, but do you reckon that there was an air of uh, kind of job done about the second half, given that Peterborough had gone behind at this point in the first half? And like, it, it would be stupid to assume that the players didn't know that Peterborough were behind at half time. I think the reaction of the players at full time tells me that they didn't know that result because they looked really. They were being applauded by sections of the fan. Not every single fan was applauding because we'd know, obviously heard the result from uh, Peterborough. But they look absolutely done. They look kind of, they look really awkward. It was like, hang was, on, we've just it? lost 3-0 here and we're getting applauded. This is really weird. We don't deserve this, which is fair enough. I can't disagree with that. But mm. I think they were being, being applauded by people for the efforts in the last two months, which is fair enough. I understand that. What do you think, Jamie? Yeah, totally agree. I think you're right. Ned on the head saying it awkward. They um kind of stood along the the eighteen yard line and just stood there and give a heart, you know, little half hearted clap. Thanks for your support, kind of thing. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to sixty percent on hotels. So whether it's cousin Kevin's kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin, or Becky's bachelorette bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. They had to know, didn't they? Surely. The the way that some fans were, you know, chanting, we are staying up and that. They had to know. So you'd have thought, come over and ask. Come over and ask. What happened? We'll we'll tell you. They lost. People lost. We're staying up. Happy days. But see see, see you all on Saturday, lads. Thank you very much. Exactly. You know, move on. Season's done. You're on the beach anyway, so let's crack on. <laughs> as as uh, you know, as we did say at the top of the podcast, we did lose three 0 not two 0 So we'll briefly touch on the third goal. It, it comes in injury time, ninety second minute, ninety second, maybe even later than that. I think um, it's like it's like the last kick of the game. I think almost it was. Yeah, it, it's it's a goal which basically shows Michael Morrison's lack of pace, let's be honest. 
because the ball just goes over the top of him and he can't catch uh is it Lewis Potter again? Yeah. yeah. And it's Reading are, Reading are pushing to try and get some kind of consolation at this point. And Matt, Morrison's lack of pace, lack of stamina, maybe, um, maybe showing up there. I think it was kind of similar on Monday against Swansea because you could tell on Monday he was, he was done by 90 minutes. And I don't know whether yesterday was the same, but does he, does he still have like 90 minutes in his legs, you reckon? Um, possibly, but I don't think at championship level, you know, I think he's, he's been a good, he's been a good servant to us the last few years, you know, he stood in as captain, you know, this, this final half season, but is he going to be here next season? I, I doubt it. You know, he's, he's getting into, I mean, he's only about 33, I think 33, 34, but you know, I think, like I say, I think, I think the goal yesterday kind of just shows up kind of his, his inabilities kind of thing. I mean, it's it's a very good pass and run by by Hull and Potter playing on the shoulder. You know, Morrison is almost, you know, facing him facing him up and's got a turn. But you know, surely a player of Morrison's um, you know, experience has got to know you can't be facing one way and then expect to turn around and catch catch someone like like Potter. You know, you've got to be almost half on the turn already before that ball's played because you know that's coming and you know you've got a player on your shoulder. And that's that's kind of where where the where the gap between two of them comes from and obviously Morrison he's never going to make that up you know not many centre-backs are going to make up that gap you know when 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 you've got Potter um running in the way so and it's it's a neat enough finish from Potter the game ends literally seconds later and as as Paul and Jamie have touched on the players came over at the end Reading fans uh, let's be honest it was a half-hearted celebration from the away end that we were staying up um and some wanted to get into it others didn't really yeah there yeah. was a bit though i think to say there wasn't a bit of a celebration wouldn't be true because there was no it was it was half-hearted yeah. i think it's it's it wasn't the whole away end in no you know no we're definitely massive, uh, massive ruptures or anything but there was you know as, as it, you both said it, Paul and Jamie, it was like a there was maybe i don't know but there's a few people a few people applauding the players for staying up there was a couple of chants of we're staying up but it, it wasn't the party scenes that you might have expected potentially for after Good Friday and Easter Monday. What it really reminded me of was a few seasons back under Clark when we stayed up under Clark. You know, I, th- I think it was Doncaster away. I think it was Doncaster away. We, we'd, we'd lost like 2-1. It was either Doncaster or Rotherham is one of, one of the two. We'd stayed up and it was two, but we'd lost 2-1 and it was just like, well, stayed up another season, you know. Uh, but I mean, like, I think it'd be, it'd be, wrong to kind of say that i think a lot of people were kind of frustrated at full time probably a lot more that weren't there were frustrated at full time because it's another loss another three nil loss but let's let's be honest when you look at it in the context of things if people had said when ints had come in we would have been safe with two games to go everyone would have snapped your hand off at that you know because back in january i pretty much resigned to the fact that we're likely going to be playing in league one yeah Totally. And I think the fact that we've had a six-point deduction, we've had Lucas Jow out for virtually half the season and we've stayed up with two games to go. People are say, oh, we've been lucky because of Derby having the 21 points. Obviously, that is a huge factor, but we'd be above Birmingham anyway, as it stands. So we wouldn't actually be in the bottom three. So I think we've done pretty well, considering we also lost we lost how many players did we lose in the African Cup of Nations? We lost uh, yeah, we lost, no, we've lost I, I think pretty well is a is a 
bold statement. I'm not sure. No, no, no. I know. Honestly, I think we have. I, I'm quite happy to say that when I've seen players themselves saying, coming out saying the the fact is you've had two wins and it's been wiped off. It's just, we all know we've criticised the mental strength of our squad and our team for the last few years, but actually they've come through it. That's why I was saying when we got a six point deduction instead of nine, I think if it had been nine, we'd have gone down. I think that would have been too much of a blow to us because there would have been points when I think we would have been in the bottom three. Uh, that's much tougher when you actually have to fight out of it than actually stay away from it just about because Derby would have been above us at some point and that would have helped them mentally as well. I mean, we'll never know. We never know. But I, I think we've done okay. We haven't lit the world alight. But yeah, I think we have done okay. So what we're saying here, Paul, is uh, credit to Dion Pang because he's managed to keep us in the division by negotiating only a six-point deduction rather than nine or 12. We're saying no credit to Dion Pang. <laughs> I think you're right, Paul. No you, look at, you look at where we were kind of after that Coventry game, the 150 celebration, celebration if you want to call it that, um, and you look at where the fans were. And I think Matt's right. I think we all can afford that's That's this. That, we're finished here. We're not, we're not coming back from this. And... And then maybe the Preston game kind of reignited us, kicked us on a bit. But yeah, I think it's just, I think it's right. We have, we have stayed up and we've kind of done an okay job because we have had a half decent run of form. May not have played well, but at this stage of the season, it's all about results, isn't it? Two defeats in the last day. That's not that disastrous, is it? Yeah. Um, we've had some decent results against teams at the top of the table. We got the draw at Bournemouth, we've beaten Sheffield United. That's not that bad, but the problem is we just don't look convincing. But no. the next question no. is, Alex, are we going to be in, out, in, shake it all about, get someone else in, get like Kingsley roll in, take over? Who knows? He might do a good a job. We're not quite sure, are we now? No, no one's really sure. Um, I, 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 I think I'm, I think I've made my mind up now. Um, just I'm not for it. I'm not for it at all. Uh, the, the comments after the game yesterday just infuriated me completely. Um, the the comment are, the comment around the fans won't go home disappointed today was just ridiculous. It's so short sighted. It just it comes across as just completely naive, and 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 it comes across as to someone who hasn't been here all season. We've 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 been. What, we've been watching all season and we've lost how many games now? I don't know how many it is. It must be 20, 23. We've lost, literally, we're going to have lost over half our league games this season by the end of the season. Like, I'm sorry, but I'm going to be disappointed if we go up to Yorkshire and lose 3-0 again and concede three goals. Like, whether we stayed up or not, it's, it's, it's still a pretty crap experience as a fan. I would also I would also though make make a counter argument for someone someone like Paul Lintz, who was pretty much like the 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 appointment was mocked by not just Reading fans, but you know fans across the league. If you're Paul Lintz, that is a bit of like a middle finger to to all those doubters kind of out there because yeah but mm. it, it, it is because you know managers are like that you know because he it was pretty much written off when he came into the job. People were saying Paul Lintz, he's been out of the job eight years he's that loony that said he could do a better job um than you know van gal and that united you know to appoint him as united boss you know everyone was mocking him at the start and to be fair at, at the end of the day he's pulled us well away from relegation we haven't just stumbled to relegation or to safety sorry we've actually done relatively well this isn't like under under gomez when we were very lucky that season that there were dreadful teams like it was 
you know, we 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 have pulled away and we are very easily safe. Yeah, I, I think there's definitely an argument to be made that Paul Ince has done a reasonable job when you look at results. But when Paunovic was sacked and like Jamie and Paul, if you disagree with me, please say, when Paunovic was sacked, the overriding sentiment amongst Reading fans was, I don't care who comes in because anybody could do a better job. Ultimately, yeah, Paul Ince has done a better job, but couldn't anybody have done a better job with the team that we've had in the last 10 games than Paunovic has had? Like it's, I'm not here to defend Paunovic in his position and like how he did, but Ince has had a full, fully fit squad. Look at the bench yesterday; it's better than some of the lineups that we had to. Uh, better, but he's still not fully fit. He's been without Swift for the last few weeks. You know, Rinamota midfield has been out for like. Um, there's it's, 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 Ince has been saying that he's down to the bare bones, and it's like it's just it's not. It, it's it's a pretty yeah, good but you're comparing spot. it to something that was particularly bad though. Yeah, he used okay. the comparison when it was really extreme, like the Fulham game when we had, you know, basically the academy team yeah. playing at the back, and it, it was really quite grim. And that ultimately, think, that's what people are going to judge and remember Panovic. Yeah, I know they will for this season, but that's not fair on Ince to compare him like a situation that's really extreme. You don't have because, that because Ince has still had key players out. You know, Mate yeah. as well elongated time. Yes, me Mate was out under Panovic, but you know, it, it's not like he's had a fully a fully fit squad. You know, Holmes is out again. You know, it's it's, it's not, not a, fully fit. No, I agree. That's it's better, it's, that's but I, I think it's I think his comments come across just a bit short sighted. That's that's probably my my main takeaway from yesterday. Paul, are you where are you on the Paul Ince scale? Are you are you Paul Ince in Paul Ince out? Paul Ince kind of just in the middle, don't really know. Oh, God, I want to have an opinion on it, a strong one, but really I'm just thinking, can we get anyone better than Paul Ince? I'm not sure we can. Do I think Paul Ince is the answer long term? No, he probably isn't. So I'm stuck. Which way do I go? Because without knowing the ins and outs of all the finances, which appear to be completely screwed again next season. Obviously, we still have the restrictions and it gets even worse in many ways. All the players will be leaving. Who else are we going to attract with? Is it 14 players out of contract? And some really huge ones leaving. I don't know realistically who else we're going to get. I mean, listening to the interview after the match, I wasn't totally convinced that Paul Ince was wanting to stay as well. It was a bit like, I might stay if I was offered it, but I've actually done an okay job here. If you're Paul Ince, what do you do? Do you move away now and then on your CV it says, I kept him up? Or do you kind of step carry on and next season it turns into a disaster, Jamie? Because I'm not sure which way to go. It's like sitting on the fence, which is the worst yeah. case in a podcast, but I just obviously <laughs> don't know. No, I think you're right. Um, I think he... Does he walk away? I mean, looking at his, some of his comments, you think probably not. He's probably too proud to walk away. Um, but he's coming and done the job. And that's all he wanted to do. So actually, probably it's better for him to walk away. So look, I've, I've gone into a club. It was a mess. They wanted to stay up. I've kept them up. What else? You know, what more can I do? Um, people may have seen my comments on social media that I was probably a bit dramatic, actually, um, a couple of weeks ago, saying that if Paul Lintz is given the job, I'll, I won't get a season ticket for the first time in 20-odd years. But... I think he can't stay, can he? And who comes in? Who comes in and does a better job? It's obviously a million dollar question, but I just don't think he's improved us enough to warrant the job. He's come in and done the job fine, but 
the football hasn't been better. We're still conceding goals, you know? But the big question is, will the Hodder be there next season if Ince is in? (laughs) Of course it will be. (laughs) I need to get tickets for shooting away, probably. So I need my season ticket plus points. points. (laughs) What I would would say, though, for... For the for the Paul argument of staying or like staying and going, the one the one advantage that you know Paul Ince staying w- would give you is is an upper foot on you know the contract negotiation situation of the players to stay for the for for next season and negotiating contracts. He's already got the relationship with the players. He's already got you know. And to be fair, we had this conversation. I made a comment on social media as well about you know games like yesterday makes you think how many of these teams. Well, how, how many players from this team do you actually want to re-sign next year? Because it's more of, of the same. You know, we're going to still be re-signing these like over seemingly overhyped, underperforming players. So how many of these do you want? But Paul Ince will at least some, give you. At some point, it's probably just a bit fun to have a squad refresh as well. Like, mm-hmm. how long have some of these players been here now? And as you say, Matt, like overhyped, underperformed for four or five seasons. Some of them. Like it's, I think it's a I good mean, squad. I'm not, I'm not saying that I, I want them all to leave, but no, I think it is a good squad individually. Like, as players, there you've got good players in there, like, they've shown they can play well, but you need to be performing at that level 25 times a season. Have a couple of sloppy ones, but you know, you need to be really good in this league for a real long period of time. Otherwise, you know, you're in the bottom, bottom 10, and you don't get out of that. Three or four wins can can get you from relegation fodder to, to the playoffs, but you need to be consistent. And that's the, I think that's what we've really lacked over the last couple of years. I think we got three key players. We got Yedon, Swift and Jao. If they're all playing okay and at a decent level, we're absolutely fine in the championship. But the problem is quite often, at least two of those are injured or <laughs> you've got yeah. issues then, haven't you? You've got to have more than three players. I mean, I'm sure there is, like, that's harsh. But Josh Lauren has, you know, he's definitely come on in the last month or so, but probably hasn't had his best season. There's probably a whole multitude of reasons for that. He, it's not as straightforward as just... He blows whole cold, doesn't he? Josh Lauren, let's be honest. Like, for every, for every good game that you see out of him, you also see a bad one. He's scored some vital goals, though. Yeah, he has not yeah, that. You know, that you goal against Blackburn was huge. To compare it to uh, last year, though, when him and Reno well, were together, so, and yeah. we were a different side, weren't we? Okay, we still didn't play amazingly well, but we knew how we were going to set up. And so they can do it, and he can play well. But no, you're right, he's, he's very been hit and miss, isn't he? Really. I definitely want to see him back here next season, though. Because oh, 100%. Just, yeah. 100%. Yeah, I don't think any of us would want to see Josh Lauren leave the club. I mean, we want him here, don't we? Yeah, 100%. The comments comments he's made uh, have been very in favour of Paul Ince. So it's it's going to be interesting to see whether Paul Ince, if Paul Ince stays, which players decide to stay because Paul Ince is here. And if Paul Ince goes, it's going to be interesting to see which players might stay because they've been offered a deal, which is... You know, comparable to other deals they might get. We'll we'll have to see. It's going to be a, a very long summer, though. I think as a Reading fan, um, watching these watching these transfers mainly out. Let's be honest, but also coming in. Um, and it wouldn't surprise me if we end up doing a lot of our deals at the end of the transfer window again, and we are near the bottom of the table at the start of the season, unfortunately. But that is a problem for another time. This season, at the very least, we've managed to stay up. 
We've got two games left. Met West Brom at home on Saturday. Luton away the following. I, is it? I want to say it's on Saturday, but I don't really know. Um, Sunday. Sunday. Always the last game of the season. Sunday. Come on. <laughs> I actually think it's Saturday point? this year, though. Is it? No. Surely not. After I've just. I, I know. It's, it's, it's Sunday, the but... weekend after. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not too bothered. It's, I've got time to find out. Matt, how many points are we going to get? In those two games, and will we finish? Will we finish above anybody else in the table? Can we finish above anybody else in the table? Still, I think we can just about finish up can. Birmingham, can't we? Still, yeah, we, we can. We can finish we? just above. Yeah, we can finish just above Birmingham, but we need to win both games. Which, uh, I mean, to be, to be to be fair, Luton by that time will probably have nothing to play for. They'll probably be safe in the playoffs. Um, West Brom, West Brom are dreadful. West Brom are really, really bad. Like, I mean, ne- next week is a really good just chance for for the team to really just finish this season at home on a kind of on an on an okay note. If Paul Ince really wants to get fans on side next week against West Brom, you know, a team thirteenth at the moment that uh, have their own kind of in in house kind of fighting between fans not liking Steve Bruce, you know, the, the setup and everything they've got there. It's it's a it's a, a a really good chance for for the team to to go out at home on a high. You know what we don't want is another Ipswich from a few years ago. You know Preston at home. You know we just want a good final performance at home. Can we get a win there? Fingers crossed. Luton, who knows? Like hopefully for we'll all see. those many that are there with loads of loyalty points. We'll see with Luton. They've had a good season, so we'll see. Um, we will be back during the week, during the week. We'll be back during the week on Thursday or Friday, uh, with a preview of the West Brom game from Jacob. Can I also mention that Oxford will not be going up, which gives me deep joy. joy. Yet another season we will not be playing Oxford United in the league. They'd have Uh, taken six off us anyway. Yeah, yeah, that was the worry. But <laughs> <laughs> probably, probably not a bad thing necessarily, given how next season might turn out. So, um, yeah, thank you for listening. Join us again during the week when we'll be previewing the West Brom game, and Jacob will be speaking to somebody from the Midlands. I would be assuming, and uh, yeah, look forward to speaking to you all very soon. Cheers. <laughs>